Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Hey everybody, it's Dave Hodges here, the Common Sense Show, the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, and we are in our guest segment officially, and we're lucky enough to have a terrific guest, Doug Diamond, and we're going to be looking at some of the spiritual aspects of what is happening to our country right now, and I'm going to put this out there, and this may come into play, it may not, I suspect it will, but as uh, most of you know, I have published an article that's gone viral and uh, it uh, basically said that we are going to either have a coup or Trump is going to invoke the Insurrection Act by December 14th. And I certainly don't want to see either one of those things because it's going to lead to violence. And so we're going to look at the spiritual aspects of what's going on with our guest, Doug Diamond. We're going to join Doug in just a moment, but first we got to pay some bills. Need to let you know that we have the same storable food deal available. The supply chain is being stretched to the max. We're eating this year's harvest. Farmland is damaged. The packing plants are still largely closed. What are you going to do? And we we believe that your time to get storable food is also going to be limited too, depending on who's in charge. Harris and Biden are in charge. They'll use food as a weapon. That's what all Bolsheviks do. So we're encouraging you to move quickly, and we have the way that you can quickly accumulate lots of food inexpensively. The four-week package, $100 off. That's nearly 40%. Every time you order one of the packages, you get $100 off. It's a great way to save money. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And don't forget about our TV show that we're up and running, have been now for going on three months, and we're doing really well. The Common Sense Show TV, and um, we have the same kind of great investigative journalism from our guests that there that we do here. So we really encourage you to jump on board. It's say, well, Dave, does it cost money? Well, less than a cup of coffee a month. Yeah, we're really inexpensive. Two dollars and fifty cents a month on the annual plan. Two free months. We can't make it any easier. The Common Sense Show TV. Well, you've heard Doug Diamond before on our show. He's been on our TV show. And I've been fortunate enough to be uh, uh, guesting on his show, which we're going to actually talk about as we get into our interview here. But I'm really concerned about the spiritual aspect because I really see this as a struggle between good and evil. This isn't red versus blue. That's symptomatic. Democrat versus Republican. Constitutionalist versus Bolshevik. That's all true. Every bit of that I just said is all true. But at the core of what we are dealing with is good and evil and really it's an extension of the well, the war that's been going on in the cosmos forever the lord versus satan doug welcome to the show i'm glad you could join us and these are perilous times but this is a great opportunity to win souls for christ isn't it yeah it sure is thank you dave for having me back again i i sure appreciate it i love coming on your show well we're really glad to have you and I think what's really missing here with what a lot of people write about, uh, including me, I mean, I, 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 I feel like I'm motivated by the Holy Spirit, 
but I don't think we spend enough time on the main conflict at the at the base denominator and that's the good versus evil aspect but this what's going on right now has been known for a long time it's called the Bible yeah I mean we're here we're here now I mean this is the book of, I think we're seeing the book of Revelation play out little by little um, I was having a discussion with someone just last night actually they were saying it's the book of Revelation in chronological order and you know you, you have different people that say yes it is other people say no it's not I'm sort of on the fence I, I don't really think it is personally um, but I do think when when Jesus because it is the testimony of Jesus when he when he gave the book of Revelation to John I think he was allowing John to see it play out as it was happening and I think the earth is just now catching up to what John witnessed that's my that's kind of my take on it um, for for lack of a better word I feel like we're just sort of slow we're like we're if we're a DVR we're, we're way behind the the live action which actually already played out in heaven yeah I, I, I agree and of course in heaven all time occurs at once you know because you know, mm -hmm. God is omniscient and omnipotent and he's well he knows everything past present future and uh, if you use that old traditional quantum physics model he knows exactly what's going to happen before it happens yeah at least in our time frame <clears throat> excuse me and and i yeah, think absolutely. that i think at the end of the day a number of people are starting to wake up to what's going on and and you know the democrats are really doing us a favor in one sense they're really exposing what's behind them at the base level when you look at how they act behave the statements they make they're they're taking god out of their party platform they pretty much have told us what's going on yeah yeah they sure have they don't want god as any part of their platform whatsoever <clears throat> and i think that they will ultimately pay a very very harsh price for it um as we all will if we're not careful you know i mean jesus should be front and center in our lives and um, if he's not I think we still have time we still have time to make him that way in our lives and, and just in our you know day-to-day -day activities and um, you know we're, we're definitely seeing some evil surface and I feel like it's probably gonna get worse before it gets better unfortunately I, that's just the way the way I interpret the book of Revelation that we are catching up with as I said earlier so um, well, we'll have to see how this election plays out you know doesn't uh, the Bible tell us though that um we'd all be dead if Jesus didn't come back yeah I mean he's he's shortening the days now and I feel like he's shortening the days to you know and I, everybody I know says wow this week sure went fast or wow this year sure went fast and I'm witnessing that too I feel like the days really are accelerating I don't know about you but it's 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 crazy I feel like he is cutting the days short little by little so that evil can't fully reign like it would if it were allowed to well, I pinch myself to realize we're into December. I mean, to answer your question, yeah. You know, it's interesting. There used to be a talk show host, a um, very famous one named Mark Bell, who used to talk about the quickening. Mm -hmm. And he said, events are speeding up. And I don't see art as a, as a, as a Christian. He didn't really express that. But, mm -hmm. but, I, but I think that's what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. They, yep. The, um, the Bible talks about the, um, in, in the end days that, that God will cut the days short so that evil will not 
you know, will not have its its reign. It will not be able to fully control. And I think that we're going to see that sort of um, we're kind of in that snowball effect right now. It's it's getting faster and faster. I think that as we progress over the next few years, it may seem like things speed up even faster because I feel like by the time we hit about 2025 or so, that's according to my estimates in that I've put together in my revelation timeline. That's really when the last three and a half years when the abomination of desolation occur. And I think at that point, time will really feel like it's speeding up even more than it is now. Talk about the abomination of desolation for people who may not be aware of it. Well, it's um, I, I did a series called Take It to the Lord in Prayer, and um, it's the End Times Date series, and I go into it in, in a lot of detail there. But the abomination of desolation I have categorized as starting in the year 2025, and that's based on Jesus' return in the year 2028. So the last three and a half years would be um, the the start of it would be the abomination of desolation, which is when the Antichrist enters the temple and proclaims himself God, essentially. And that's when all-out evil really is really taken off. Um, before that, there will still be a lot of evil, lots of bad stuff happening in the years leading up to that. But I think that's what we're going to see. By the time 2025 rolls around, I really feel like time will will really be accelerating, perhaps even more so than we notice now, even. So... Now that's very very interesting. Uh, the um, the year twenty twenty eight. Well, that's eight years from now. Really, almost seven. But yeah, when we when we look at this, what will the Lord do to the living in twenty twenty eight? I personally believe most of us will be gone by then. Um, the the few that are left um, will be there. Will be you know the the thing that the Christians love to argue the most about, of course, is the rapture. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally believe that, that the actual rapture will happen just before his return um, in 2028. So whoever is left on this earth will be raptured at that point. Um, and before that, though, is the you know, that's when God's wrath is actually pulled out, poured out over the over the, the whole earth. And, and God's wrath are the seven bowls. And that. To me, that leads right up before the rapture, and, and God's people aren't appointed to wrath, and you hear Christians talk about that all the time, the people that believe in a pre-trib rapture. And um, personally, I think that the, the bowls of God's judgment are poured out, then whoever's left that are Christians will be raptured, and then Jesus will return, and then you'll have the battle of Armageddon, where, the, where Satan is then defeated. Um, but that will be the very last thing that happens that, that um, you know, upon Jesus's return, which I believe is in September of 2028. And, and that, of course, I've mentioned this before, but that's based on Gabriel Erb's um, book and, and video series 2028end.com, which I feel like is, is spot on. I feel like it's right on the money. And um, he's a guy that I know that I've worked with and and done some projects with, with and stuff, and he's he's really laid it out in a biblical sense how it all fits together, and it really makes sense to me. So I put together a series based on that, using that 2028 as Jesus' return, and then working backwards to the final three and a half years and then the final seven years of planet Earth, which I believe starts in September next year. That's when we see the Antichrist peace treaty. So I think that 
you know, just sort of uh, an overall picture here, I think that we're going to see the revealing of the Antichrist happen next year. Uh, I don't think that we can know who he is yet, personally. I found, I've found that to be true in, in the prayer time that I've had, that we are not meant to know who he is yet, but the, the, the God does have an appointed time for that, and it will happen, I think, soon, probably as soon as March, this coming year. And I base that on several things, and I go into that in the, in the video series that I created um, as to why March. But really, it's based on the Revelation 12 sign that you and I talked about last time. Yeah, exactly. So, and just people say, well, I didn't hear that last interview. Just give us a real brief review of what that is. Well, the Revelation 12 sign is um, that, that happened in September of 2017. And a lot of people that are biblical scholars, and especially the book of Revelation, base that as the beginning of the final seven years. And I, I feel like that it's, it's not going to play out that way, and thus far it hasn't so far. Um, they have Jesus returning in 2024 based on that. And I think it's off by a few years. I think uh, there's a lot of people that say um, that, say that that's, that's how it's going to play out. I, I do think that the Revelation 12 sign that happened in September— um, where the where the um, different planets align and the and the um, the birthing of, of Jupiter and so forth, I think that um, that that was a sign that God was meant for us to have. And if you go back and and look at the um, you know mathematical aspect of it, it really only happens you know one in every like seven thousand years or something. So it's sort of like if not now, then when? Because I feel like the Revelation 12 sign was important. And if you go 1,260 days or three and a half years after that, you get to March of 2021, which we're coming up on that. And I feel like we're probably going to see the revealing of the Antichrist about that time. I don't know how that's going to happen exactly. I have my thoughts on that. I feel like there probably will be some sort of a nuclear exchange. Um, but it's really hard to know for sure. It could be any number of different things that happen. Um but that's that's kind of what the where the March date came from, and I don't have a specific day. Some people say March sixth, um, but I don't really get that specific. I really feel like because some of the biblical the Book of Revelation numbers and stuff are based on a lunar calendar versus what we use solar calendar. I, I feel like that um, it's really hard to know exact dates, but um, when you look at things as far as um, how how things seem to be playing out. I do feel like March is an important month coming up, just like March was this year, March of 2020. Uh, so I think March in general seems to be the last, you know, between this year and the one coming up, I feel like uh, we better get things right with the Lord because I feel like the, the revealing of the Antichrist is certainly going to be very, very soon. Yeah, beware of the Ides of March, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, let, I want to share a couple things with you, but one in particular is very personal. And this just comes from the eyes of a child when I was quite young. And I, I'm talking 10, 12 years old. Um, I was just a child. And I was learning about revelations and, you know, I was attending church and Sunday school and getting exposed to it. And I started to do the math. I thought, well, okay, I'm probably going to live to the year 2000. And I calculated that. And I said, really pretty easily. And then I went on to say to myself, I just have this feeling I'm never going to have a mortal death, that the Lord's going to come back and I'll still be alive. 
How do you react to that, that uh, through the eyes of a 12-year-old? Well, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. No one really wants to face their mortal death. I, I feel like it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that's, we won't know until we go through it exactly. what it's like. But um, I feel like it's mostly just a, a transition, like we're stepping through a door, uh, so to speak. But, I mean, your 12-year-old self may have been right. We just don't know. Um, yeah, in other words, I could have been right that there, there will be supreme intervention before I would have a natural death. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, if you look at it that way, I feel like that's probably going to happen in all of our lives right now because, you know, eight years from now is not that far, and there's a lot to go through between now and then. If Jesus is really truly returning in September of 2028, which I believe he is. And if you'd asked me that, you know, like a year and a half, two years ago, I would have said, no way. I mean, we can't know the day or the hour because that's what every Christian says. We can't know the day or the hour. But actually, that's just the name of a Jewish festival. And Jesus was simply describing the name of the festival, which was the Feast of Trumpets. Um and that's that's all it really was as far as that versus it's not it doesn't mean that we can't possibly know what the day or well we don't really know the exact day or the hour but we can know the season I think and we're certainly entering the season for sure so the day or the hour itself I think that we probably won't know exactly which day um, if you look at the 2028 in series he's got it down to September of 2028 and um, let's see he's got a a range of dates basically between September 20th and 22nd but that that's all dependent on when the when the new moon is is first seen so we can't know that exact day or the hour however i do feel like we can know the season and i, I think we're i think we're entering it now pretty much yeah it's good news and it's frightening news at the same time on judgment day i always have had a question about this and i wanted to get your reaction to it when I try to conceptualize it, you know, and, and put it into my three-dimensional mind, which I know is limited, is it going to be like a spectator event where everyone who's ever lived is there, including the living that were raptured, and your name is called, and the quick review happens, and you're either up or down? Um, I think you're talking about the Great White Throne Judgment. Um, yeah, Lake of Fire stuff. Yeah, that's when Satan is defeated for once once and for all and thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really hard to, to know. I mean, it would really just be a guess, but I guess I would sort of assume that it's probably going to be, I think we're going to know where we're headed once we get to that point, um, because we will pretty much all be in spiritual form at that point. I don't think we're going to be necessarily still physically here, um, although it's hard to say. I mean, maybe we will be. But in answer to your question, it, it's really hard to know. I don't really – I guess I don't really think about that too much just because I feel like as long as we are keeping Jesus front and center and we have that relationship with him, we don't have to worry about it. But it is an interesting thought for sure to see, you know, okay, well, if, if it's going to happen that way, then, you know, exactly how does it play out for those folks who don't see Jesus as their Savior, you know? I really feel sorry for them, but unfortunately, we know a lot of people are going to go that route. So, How do you view this age-old question? And I thought of this when I was in about the sixth grade. Um, someone lives in a remote area, and they never had exposure to Christianity. How, sure. would, they, how would they be judged? Yeah, I mean, that's completely in God's hands. And so if that's the case, now the Bible talks about how 
that the gospel will be preached to the entire world, and I believe it will. But there may be some exceptions. We just don't know. There, there may be, there may be folks, people, kids, different ages, different tribes, places like that that have had no exposure. In which case, um, I think God will show His mercy and won't hold them accountable if they've never been exposed to the message. You know, um, I sort of feel like that even today. That that's kind of how that would play out. It's really God's. We we can't know God's mind. We we don't know the mind of God, but we can sort of, you know, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you can sort of see how he's not going to condemn folks who have never heard of him, whether it's from kids uh, up to adults. So I don't really, it, to me, it's, it's more like it's really in God's hands and we have to do our best to get the message out about Jesus. I feel like that's really our job and the rest of it's his job. Yeah, that's very well said. I, I, I like that. But I'm, you know, these are all the questions I wanted to ask my Sunday school teacher, but they didn't want to ask. Yeah. You know, they probably dreaded when I walked through the door to some yeah, degree because I was going to ask these questions. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and it's unless you really study a lot, it's really hard to even know um, some of the basics. And Revelation is one of those things where. You know, a church I used to go to, they wouldn't even preach on the book of Revelation. And to me, it's it's probably one of the most, if not the most important book, uh, at least as far as if you are already a believer and, and knowing what's what's coming our way. I feel like it's probably one of the most important books of the Bible. And yet you have churches and pastors who won't even touch it because they either don't understand it or don't understand its importance um, so yeah, there's definitely that aspect of it in, in regular old churches that you would attend. Um, I've found most of them to be lacking as far as the ones that I attend. It's a really good place to go and meet people and find other believers and that type of thing. But a lot of times the, the teaching is very lacking because it's, you know, it's just normal people doing their, doing their jobs, doing their daily life and trying to figure it all out too. So you kind of have the blind leading the blind in a certain respect, you know, in judgment. When we are judged, I have looked this up, I've tried and I've asked people, but I haven't ever got an answer that I thought was consistent. Is the judgment we face on Judgment Day, is it is it public? And if we've asked for forgiveness, is that part, is that part forgotten by the Lord? Because, you know, I know not your sin when you ask for forgiveness. Um, how does this all play out? In other words, um, let me just start with the basic question. So today I say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and, and, and I'm making a, my best human error effort to, to be a good believer and follower. Are those sins truly forgotten and not brought up again on Judgment Day? Yes. If you are covered in the Lamb's blood, if you are covered in the blood of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, then yes, they are forgotten. It's like they never happened. You're, you're washed clean as a believer. So they're not brought back up in that case. If you've never done that, then you have a problem, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree. Well, yeah. When you say when you haven't done that, define done that. What does when one you, have to do for someone who may not be familiar with that? When you haven't asked Jesus into your life and to allow the blood that he shed that was perfect in every way and completely innocent, you know, he was he was the sacrifice for us, and all we have to do is accept it. If we accept it, then our sins are then washed clean too. If we don't accept it, then there's still our sins, and we will have to answer for that one day. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a it's a scary time. It's like the ultimate final exam, isn't it? It is, but actually the answer is pretty easy, and there's really only one answer, and that's Jesus. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Don't let um, someone from the left hear you say that. <laughs> You'll never live it down. They have. I've already got two strikes on my YouTube channel. So. Oh, do you really? Yeah. What for? Oh, well, they categorize it. It doesn't matter what you say about COVID and stuff like that. It, they categorize it as medical misinformation. If you go against the CDC, I put up uh, a short video. Um, I called it the the um, condensed uh, the condensed conspiracy of COVID or something like that. And it was only 45 seconds. I just read a, a 10, 10 sentence paragraph that I had written, posted on Facebook, which was fine. Uh, but I read it and made a video out of it, and they it got about six or seven hundred views, and then um, within I don't know probably less than six or seven hours, something like that, they took it down and gave me a strike. And then the very next week, when I got my ability to upload videos back, I put up one more video, which was okay. It was it was really just a um, a scriptural thing. It was fine. They didn't give me a strike on that. But the very second video I put up which was a Lost Arts Radio video where you and um, Richard were just talking about, this, not really even the stuff we're talking about now, but you guys were talking about um, a little bit about the pandemic, but not much. It was almost all about um, politics and Trump and all that stuff. And as soon as I put it up, they gave me a second strike. So it's almost like they just don't want to hear certain things. And there you go, two strikes right in a row. And now I can't upload or... or um, live stream or do anything like that for two weeks which i'm nearing the end of that period now but see they keep the strikes on your channel for 90 days so i have to be really super careful for, really until the end of february because um you know if i get a third strike they're going to take the channel down so pretty interesting so i yeah, just have to be careful i do it doesn't make a lot of sense to me what, what they do over there i had my monetization taken away for three months and and i still don't know what i did have no yeah, idea. they don't bother to tell you. <laughs> no, they never do. And, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, I did, I did a, um, a broadcast uh, a few days ago, and and I went really hard after uh, the inconsistency of enforcements. In other words, I said, if this is really truly a pandemic, and if humanity is really at risk, and that's definition of pandemic, I said, then why can strip clubs be open, and gyms can't? and churches can't and i said and in la i said what do you do when you got to walk your dog and you live in an apartment they've outlawed walking and and i said this is crazy but i said newsom can go eat at his favorite french restaurant yeah with no mask on with no mask on exactly yeah so i yep, was okay kind of waiting for the axe to fall on that one but but yeah. uh but it's a it's a valid point though i mean here's what I, i've done too i've also said this if you're a, a political figure, you're an elected figure, and you put down a mandate, and I made this clear too, I said the courts have held that governors can't do this, neither can mayors. It's a state legislature purview. And the courts have been very consistent on that from Michigan to California. But these governors just ignore this. And I said, so if you're one of these governors and you do this, then you should immediately be removed from office if you violate yeah. your own mandate. And I wondered if that was gonna, past the mustard i haven't seen today but so far so good it's crazy yeah, that I, you can't even say these things 
I know. It's, they're really locking it down tight, especially if you question the official narrative from directly from the CDC and the WHO. That seems to be the two big things, and at least as far as the stuff that I've posted. They've, lab they've labeled it as medical misinformation. And you do your appeal. Like you can do a, an appeal, and they give you like 50 characters or something that you can type, oh my which God. isn't very much. Oh so that's your gosh. appeal. And then when they have, they probably just laugh at it because I've never had an appeal accepted where they've said, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. And actually Facebook, to their credit, has done that before where I've t had stuff taken off of Facebook and then you have them – you appeal it and then you give them a reason and then they go back and look at it. And they actually have decided in favor of, of my post a few times, not very often. But um, it does happen with YouTube though. It, it's never happened. I've just had – they just always ignore your appeal, whatever it is. Is it – Directed really at Christians, or is it truly just the COVID? It seems to be just the COVID from my perspective. Um, I do think it will be directed against the Christians at some point. Um, I do think things like Patreon and some of these other big tech companies are putting up with Christians on their platform right now because they haven't gotten the word to expunge everyone. But I do think that's coming um, probably within the next few years, especially if you have a Biden and a Harris in there. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, is it medical misinformation to say that Joe Biden has dementia? I think that would be truth, so it would probably be categorized as medical misinformation. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. You just have to 180, whatever's, whatever. And I wonder how they explain when Biden came out and said, we have put together the best election fraud team in history. Have you seen that video? Um, I have seen that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And they, you know, they just admit it right there, you know, but he may have not have realized what he said or whatever. And, and that was his, that was, um, the person I heard say that was, um, was it de Blasio's daughter or something like that? I, I don't remember, but they said something very similar to that. And, um, it's like, they just admit it and they expect us to, to keep moving on. I did a broadcast on election day, just, just the live stream. And, and I mentioned that actually that, I feel like this election will be so fraught with total fraud out in the open, and there won't be any question, I think, that Trump won in a landslide like a like a Reagan over Mondale type thing in 84. Um, however, that's not the way it's going to play out. I feel like they're going to make Biden the winner, and that's exactly what they did. And then, and then I also said I feel like they're going to make the, the press is just going to decide that he won, and that's exactly what happened too. I was really sort of shocked. That, that played out exactly that way too because they they elected him president uh, versus the actual election process well yeah he's not president-elect biden you mm -hmm. have to be certified by the electoral college to get that designation yet biden is such a liar that he has even a graphic when he gives a public statement office of the president-elect i've seen that yeah it just infuriates me when i see that because it's so disingenuous yeah. And and what's amazing to me, too, and we've kind of shifted into the here and now and away from Revelations, but I want to return to. But first, I, I just wanted to point out that uh, you have the laptop from hell, as they designated it, okay, in the media. Yeah. Yep. And, and it gets no play whatsoever. Yet we've had eyewitnesses come out and justify what's on that laptop. In other words, validate it. And right. it goes nowhere. And it convicts. Hunter Biden and his dad of treason, not not just a malfeasance of office, but treason. I know. How does it? And go, it's all there. How do they get it's away with this? 
Well, when you have the willing accomplices in the media, they are totally fine giving it a pass, as you know. I mean, it's just they're not. If it was Trump or anyone else, they would have skewered him ages ago over over any of it. And they've tried making stuff up, and that didn't even stick. But um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's they've got their guy, and whoever it is, it doesn't really matter. He's a placeholder. I feel like they really want Kamala Harris in there. Yes. And as long as they get Biden in there, they can say he's got COVID or whatever in a few weeks or months and pull him out and put her in. So who knows? Yeah, it's I just shake my head at this. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of kind of funny, the, the transformation I've seen in people. And I'll, I'll use my own wife as an example. When we I don't know if you know the history of how I got into this, but uh, John McCain when he yeah. uh, co-authored the, the Central American Free Trade Agreement and the Canamex Highway System that goes with it, they tried to disguise what they were doing, but they came after our, my, my community and our properties, and they wanted us off without any compensation. And so I got into fighting this, and I was asked to be the spokesperson, so I go on the radio shows, and I'm doing research, and uh-oh, North American Union, uh-oh, subversion of the Constitution, and I really had an eye-opening experience. My wife thought I had gone nuts. She was ready to call a yeah. psychologist. Yeah. And and today, she's more in tune to the duplicity in the media than I am. Yeah. So, and, and I'm saying this because, do you feel that people, one, are waking up to the political threat, and then two, are we seeing a similar renaissance with regard to the spiritual threat? Yes, I do think so, too. And I think we'll see even more of that as we go, actually. Um, I think the lockdowns and the um, the virus, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, which, you know, a pandemic is, is clearly what it is. Yes. I think people are waking up to it. The truth is getting out, no matter how much big tech is trying to suppress it. You have other options now, at least still on the table, things like Brideon and BitChute and places like that where you can go watch videos that aren't being censored, which is key and, and people are sharing it. I do think that the truth is getting out little by little. Um, I think that once we, you know, to take it back to Revelation, I do think that when we get to a point where the Antichrist is truly has truly been revealed, which I believe will be next year, not too long after that, I think we're going to see another revealing, and that will be from God's perspective. I think we're going to see an answer Whenever the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's around for a while, he does his peace treaty, we go into it, the abomination of desolation is set up, he makes the mark of the beast mandated, which the technology exists today. Anthony Patch has been talking about that for months and months. The quantum dot microneedle array vaccine patch, and Anthony's last name is Patch. So he's been talking about it forever, you know, here, and, and they've put it all together. The technology's here. It's just that the mandate from the person who's the Antichrist has not happened yet. When that happens, God's answer, I believe, will be to reveal the real and true Ten Commandments, the Ark of the Covenant, in what I call and what other people have referred to as the cave temple, which exists in Jerusalem now. It's just that it's covered up, it's hidden, because it's not the appointed time yet. And if you look at the work of Ron Wyatt, which I've done a video or two about that already, he talks about how, and, and I don't know if, we, if we've talked about this, Dave, but this is really important. He talks about how when Jesus was crucified, and 
he was bleeding and dying there on the cross and the centurion took his spear and stabbed it in Jesus' side and the water and the blood poured out. You remember that story, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. At that point, there was an earthquake. Just before that, there was an earthquake and the rocks were rent, meaning, meaning it, it ripped open the rocks right there where the cross is, where the cross stood. And what happened was the blood and the water ran down from Jesus's body down into the ground and it went down 20 feet onto the mercy seat which is the ark of the covenant the ark of the covenant is a box that has the 10 commandments in it there's a mercy seat on top that's god's earthly throne and when the ark of the covenant was in the temple the um the priest the high priest would go in and sprinkle blood of bulls and um you know sheep and stuff on the eastern side, on the right side of the mercy seat. Well, when the first temple was destroyed, they moved the ark out of the way so that so that the Babylonians couldn't take it. And they hid it in a cave in Jerusalem. And then 600 years later, Jesus was crucified 20 feet above that location. The rocks were ripped open. His blood runs down the rock, runs down through, um, down over the rocks into the cave on top of the mercy seat on the left side, on the western side of the mercy seat. And what that did was it atoned for all of our sins if we accept it. So Jesus's blood is literally on the mercy seat, the throne of God, God's earthly throne. And um, I say all this to say that where the ark is sitting in a cave right now will be revealed because the Ten Commandments will be on display and Goliath's sword and some other things that were in the first temple will be on display for the world to see as an answer to, to when the mark of the beast is mandated. So this will kind of all happen more or less at the same time. We'll be able to decide, do we want to take the mark of the beast and go with Satan or do we want to believe in God and here's his Ten Commandments, the real, the real tablets from the actual ark. We have the blood sample, the tests that were run on the blood, taken from the mercy seat, and video, and other footage, and stuff like that, that, that is in that cave temple. I think we're going to have a choice, and it will be even more, I'm trying to bring this back around, it will be even more obvious to people at that time that what the Bible says is 100% true, and we can believe in that, and then we can tell others. Because I feel like that's kind of where it's headed, um, ultimately, and that's you know probably a few years out. But um, it's pretty interesting that that it you know it's it's taken this this 2020 year of COVID to sort of wake people up and kind of shake them out of their sleep. I think that we're going to have more things like that as we progress to this situation where you have the mark of the beast mandate. Yeah, I've had this discussion with people like Steve Quayle quite often on my show, where Steve maintains that in the end days the sins of the leaders will be revealed to all. Yeah. We're seeing that, aren't we? Seems yeah, we like. really. Uh, you know, yeah. it's funny you'd say that because, uh, and as I've told Steve, I said, what used to be a major undertaking to do research on uh, a conspiracy that ends up being true used to take forever. Now you can do it yeah. in an hour. Yeah. It's just... It's it, amazing. It, it, is, yeah. it is incredible. Uh, and at first I thought, well, I'm just getting better at this because I'm doing it more often like any other skill, but... 
then I'm just looking, well, no, no, this just popped up here, and this keeps popping up. These things keep coming to me. The right person appears at the right time, and I get answers to these stories, and I go to publish, and I'm thinking, I didn't have that before. And I think I think this is the hand of God on this because he wants people to be able to make an accurate choice. I have a question on the vaccine, though. Some people think it's the uh, mark of the beast, okay? And let's assume just for the sake of argument it is. One of the things, and we're back to kind of like the ignorance of people and the mercy of God. If someone takes the vaccine just thinking they're taking a vaccine to, to handle a, a, a pandemic and they're ignorant of the facts... Um, where does the Lord enter into that? Does he, doesn't he make it clear to everybody, this is the mark and you don't dare take it? Yeah, and that's what will happen when the mark is mandated by the Antichrist. I believe at that point, God's temple, God's cave temple will be revealed and then we'll know. Then we'll have, we'll have the definitive choice. But up until that point, the vaccine is super bad news. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really bad stuff in them. Um, the hypodermic needle version of the vaccine is not going to be the mark of the beast. It's phase one of what will probably be three completely failed attempts, quote unquote, attempts at vaccinating people for COVID. And they, they're set up to fail so that they can bring in the actual vaccine, which is the mark of the beast. Um, but you have to have the Antichrist on the scene to mandate it in order for it to be the actual biblical mark of the beast at that point. Leading up to that would not be would not qualify as the mark of the beast, but it's certainly, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three leading up to it, which I believe are designed to fail. Uh, and they do so based on this this uh, cold chain. They have to keep they have to maintain the cold chain of this hypodermic needle version of the vaccine. And they won't be able to deliver to deliver seven billion of those and, and maintain the cold chain. However, the phase four, which will probably be the actual mark of the beast is simply a band-aid and that does not need refrigeration at all. It can just be mailed or it can be picked up at a store and slapped on. At that point, um, it's a totally different situation. That's the real mark and everything leading up to that point is not the mark of the beast yet because the beast isn't on the scene and he hasn't mandated it. At that point though, it will be. So there's no going back. What would you advise a family member or a friend to do about the vaccine when it becomes mandatory? Well, certainly not take it. I mean, there's there to me, there's no vaccines that have ever worked. If you go back and look at um, the work of, um, we'll see, it goes back to like seven the 1790s. Um, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Um, that really started the whole vaccine idea, and um, it's all been flawed. I mean, they were they weren't really even putting in um, all the adjuvants and stuff like that until way later, and yet their vaccines were still killing people early on. Uh, I just think it's a really flawed system. It's bypassing our natural immunities that God has given us, like our skin and our um, our lungs, you know, and our, um, you know, the rest of our body has been designed to keep us healthy. And instead, what you're doing is you're bypassing all that and injecting something directly into the bloodstream, which would never get there by itself. It, you have all these other um methods of keeping disease out of us, you know, like like our our skin and our um, breathing and stuff like that that's designed to filter and keep things out of our bloodstream. But with the vaccine, you're going straight into the blood, um, which there's no way you would get a disease that way unless it's injected, really. So that's why you see 
you know, on some of these vaccines that are um, live vaccine, they're they're attenuated, so they're watered down. Uh, that's why you see shedding. You know, like people get the flu shot, and then they're around other people, and then all of a sudden, everybody around them's got the flu, including themselves, because they're mm. shedding. Yeah. So, yeah. So this COVID vaccine will actually serve to spread the vaccine. I mean, yeah. the virus. I mean, the virus. Me. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that too. Um, and and you know, there's so many problems with what they're trying to sell us. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. And 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 the thing that I've gone off on YouTube and I'm waiting for them to come back on me, but I said, why are we allowing governors to make medical decisions? They're not doctors. Like, you know, when they put a limit on when you can go to church. So let's say you have to be done by noon. What is the the virus show up at 1201? I, I, I mean, I mean who, this is just crazy that we're giving um, executive heads of government medical powers that they have no expertise in. That's right. And people at the at the, um, you know, the grocery store door when you walk in now, are they able to practice medicine without a license by requiring you to wear a face mask which is a medical device so that's pretty interesting too i hadn't thought of that you're the first one i've ever heard say that yeah you can't require somebody to wear a face mask that's practicing medicine without a license yep wow because it is a device you know and it does affect your health and lots of people are exempt and they're still requiring it or you just can't enter so you know i think that this whole thing is being set set up for the mark of the beast Think about when they when they take your temperature. Where are they taking your temperature? Your forehead, your forehead right? Yeah. Or your hand. That's setting us up. That's where well, the marks. I, I won't be. let them take my temperature of my forehead when I go to the doctor. Yeah. And they go, well, why not? And I said, well, I have my reasons. And I said, if you have an hour, I'll explain it to you, and you won't either. Yeah. But I said, um, uh, <laughs> you will take my temperature the regular way. And they do. Yeah. Well, I think it's just conditioning us to to be able to go anywhere, do anything, go any stores, travel, do anything. We have to put our hand out. We have to have our head scanned. We have to do something. Now, right now it's temperatures, but eventually it will be the mark. So it's it's pretty interesting how it's all playing out. It, it seems to me like it's it's certainly working quickly towards that mark of the beast that we hear so much about. Yeah, it's a dress rehearsal. Yeah. For what's coming. It, and the masks are part of it too. Think about how people react violently to to people who don't wear masks in stores. What about when you have the mark, when you have the vaccine and you you know, you go into a store without it, which you won't be allowed to, but if you did, think about the hatred and the vitriol that would come your way because you're not part of the system. You're automatically going to be outcast and, and um you know, beat up or whatever, whatever they can do, you know, in any sorts of those situations. I think that the mark will be one of those things where everything will be tied to it. I feel like the Great Reset is probably leading into that as well. Um, You know, financially, they're going to try and wipe everyone and everything out so that they can tie all the finances, all of the digital currency, you know, the one world currency essentially will be tied to the, the mark of the beast. It'll all be hooked together. That's the buy and sell, yeah. That's clearly yep, we're the... seeing that now already to some degree because I mean I won't wear a mask I won't go into any stores and wear a mask now and you know if if they wouldn't let, allow me in then I just simply wouldn't go in I got kicked out of a doctor's office for not wearing a mask I was in there with my daughter she was just getting a checkup for school and they ordered me out but you know and and I I tried to explain to them how there was no pandemic but they didn't want to hear it so anyway 
Oh, I know, I know. It's 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 insane. The um, I, the the gym that my son and I go to. This is. I wish I'd have been there when this happened, but uh, the state health department came in and shut the gym down for a day because people weren't wearing their masks correctly. And there were people there, and this is what the owner told me, that said, well, I have, like, diabetes or asthma or some condition. And Governor Ducey says right there that you are exempt. He says, no, you're not. And if you think you're exempt, you can work out in the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of bull crap that we're dealing with. And excuse my French, but it just makes me so angry. You know, I told the owner, I said, you should have got the guy's name. We look him up, and we start going to his house and protest, and we bring the same misery to him that he brings to us. Yeah. And I said, take it to him on the individual level. I suggested that in Kingman, where they had the the mayor. She called herself a Republican when she ran, and then when they researched her, she was a leader in the Progressive Alliance and oh, wow. uh, running as a Republican, right? So this mayor, mad dog Jen Miles, as they call her in Kingman, Arizona, is enforcing this horrible mandate. Um, and it's really strict, and the people have come against her. They actually started protesting at her house. They've got her under recall, and that's what it takes. And and I've maintained, yep. and, and, and this is kind of away from our, our, our beaten path today, but I say we take the fight to them on the local level. We, we protest these people. We recall them at the local level because if Biden gets in, the federal government's done. But we can still yep. control our fate by controlling the local politics. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's about the only choices we're going to have, I think, at some point. Um, it really is. Hey, well, yeah. this has really been informative. I mean, thank you for answering the questions that my Sunday school teachers weren't able to answer when I was a child. But um, I, I want to uh, have you tell the audience how they can follow your good work. Well, um, I think the easiest way is probably uh, for right now, I'm still on YouTube. Um, most on most social media platforms, I am at Diamond Disc, which is D-I-A-M-O-N-D-I-S-C. That's mm-hmm. the name of my company. Um, so you can find me on YouTube at Diamond Disc. Um, I'm also on, let's see, BitChute and Brighteon at Diamond Disc. And then um, now those those three places, YouTube, BitChute, and Brighteon, all have my Ticket to the Lord in Prayer series on there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I'm under the Diamond Report or at Diamond Disc. And um, I'm on most other platforms that are, you know, the more alternative ones like Parler and Gab and Minds and some of the others at Diamond Disc. So you can find me okay. pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does, that does sound easy. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. I'm trying to get on BitChute, but someone has stolen my company name and has registered and I can't get on because of that. So, yeah, well, yeah. I'm trying to untangle that right now. Talk about fraud. Yep. Yeah, we're the Common Sense it, Show. And you know what they do? They go and get my other work and put it on there. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to tell you one thing, too. Uh, there's there's one called Brand New Tube. Um, people are going going crazy about it. They like it because it's kind of a YouTube wannabe in a way. And, um, you know, some people are moving off, off of uh, YouTube completely and going to Brand New Tube. And I set up a channel on there, and I, my red flag started going off on it. I feel like and this is just a guess based on what I do, which is building websites and programming yeah. and, and, and coding. And, and Doug, I'm sorry. I've got to stop you there. I really apologize. We're up against no the end. Hard break. I hear what you're saying. I've heard the same story, and I'll put it out. But thanks yep. so much for joining us. Very, very informative. Appreciate the work you do. Thank you, Dave. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.